The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I saw that in my mom's life. She was only 33 when dad died, and I watched the struggles. Here's the thing I also saw through her life. Every time a grain of sand, a grain of irritation came into her life, she covered it layer over layer with faith and prayer until it became a pearl. Join Sheila Walsh as we spend Wednesdays in the Word next. Welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. I'm Sheila Walsh, and I'm so glad that you take time to join me. It was fun. I was not, a few months ago, I was in South Africa, and I spent some time um, one morning with a whole bunch of pastors, probably about 300, and I just candidly kind of asked, does anybody um, watch Live Today? And every single one of them said, yes, we do. So, hey, South Africa, and hey, Australia, and hey, UK, and everybody else. It's really lovely that we get to spend this time together. I don't take it for granted. But one of the things I've been doing recently is just thinking back on the legacy of godly women that I have the privilege of coming from. You know, my great-grandmother, was my mom said that she never in her life heard my great-grandmother say one negative thing about anybody. Her answer would always be, well, you don't know what they're dealing with. And then my grandmother was just an absolute delight. But I also have the privilege of having had a godly mom. And I realized just recently that I was about to come up on the second anniversary of my mom going home to be with, with Jesus. Um, so I thought you might like to see a couple of photographs of my mom. That's my mom sitting in her favorite chair with Ollie the owl beside her. I love seeing her and that's how I, how I think of her. And the second picture is the last photograph I had taken with my mom. And so I really, I really treasure it. And what I thought I'd do today for the program is I thought I'd bring some things. There are things that my mom left for me. Um, but the kind of legacy, what they remind me of. When I think of the way that I was raised, the way my mom raised my brother and my sister and I, I think of this particular verse from Deuteronomy. It says this, love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you go, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall in bed at night. I really love that because that honestly was the way my mom was. She talked about um, just the, the goodness of God, even in the most difficult of times. Now, I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to be a mom. I was 38 when Barry and I got married. And, you know, we, we tried to get pregnant and then I thought, it might be good for me to go and see my doctor and get a bit of a checkup just to see if, you know, if I was healthy enough. Well, first of all, I had to see um, our doctor's nurse. Hard to describe what she's like. Just let, let me put it this way. She's not what you'd call a happy woman. And she said to me, what are you here for? And I said, well, you know, Barry and I would really like to get pregnant. And she kind of looked me up and down and said, how old are you? 
And I said, 38. And she made a, no a noise that personally, I think only a horse should make. You know, that kind of <laughs> And then she said this, all your eggs will be hard boiled by now. Wow. Well, my doctor was a little kinder and she said she thought I would be okay. So I went to Costco and bought a gigantic box of pregnancy testing kits. But month after month, it was no, and that can be really hard. But one day I was cleaning out and I saw one left. So I took that last little test and there it was, that little cross. I actually, I wondered if it was past its sell-by date. So I actually went to the drugstore and bought another one. And then it was there, that little plus sign. <laughs> Honestly, this will sound ridiculous. My first thought was, I can't have a baby. I drop things. When my sister gave birth, she made me practice holding a watermelon because she said, Sheila, you drop things all the time. Well, on December the 13th, 1996, our darling son, Kristen, was born. That's a picture of him when he was just a little lamb. I know, isn't he cute? He's just absolutely adorable. Well, this is a picture of him now. Now he's 21. And he's honestly, he's one of the kindest people I've ever known in my life. He's funny and he's kind and he's smart. But every time that I talk about Christian, I kind of pause because I'm so aware of those of you who perhaps can't get pregnant or those of you who've maybe lost a child. Perhaps those of you who've gone through a divorce and you don't have full access to your children. You don't get to say good morning every morning or tuck them in bed at night. Or even those who are estranged from your children or perhaps even from your mom. I just wanna pause and honor that truth, but remind you of a promise from the Psalms. Psalm 147 verse three says this, he heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. Well, I told you, I brought some things that speak to the legacy that my own mom left for me. And it's my prayer that will speak to you today. The first thing is really, the first lesson that my mom taught me is the gift of grace, that you can't earn it. This is my mom's Bible. She was given it in 1942 when she was 12 years old. And when I was looking through it the other day, there's only one thing, and she's written it in her own hand when she was a child. On the back cover, it just says this, grace is undeserved favor. It is love stooping. I thought, wow, what an observation for a 12-year-old girl. But then I found that in Psalm 18, verse 35, it says this, you give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. There's something so powerful about that image, the picture of God stooping down to raise us up. But it reminded me of one of my favorite scriptures of all found in Isaiah. Um, Handel used it in his Messiah. So you probably know it. It's he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with her young. And when I thought about that, and then I thought about that verse in the Psalm, how could a shepherd pick up a lamb unless he stoops? What a beautiful, beautiful picture that God stoops down to pick the lamb up. 
And what makes us great is that we're gathered in God's arms and carried close to his heart. And in my own life, I have to say, I think we understand grace the most when we think we deserve it the least. I've probably told you this before, but while, when I spent that month in a psychiatric hospital diagnosed with severe clinical depression, I had a, an encounter in the middle of the night one night with an angel who gave me a gift, a little stuffed lamb, and simply told me this message, the shepherd knows where to find you. And that reminded me of one of my favorite things that I remembered from growing up in Scotland. My mom was an accountant, and so she would do the accounts of the farmers and the shepherds. And that meant that I got access to watching all the spring lambs being born. And, you know, there's something that happens in that lambing community when a mother sh sheep will reject a lamb. I think I've told you that. They're called bummer lambs. And what the shepherd will do is he'll take that little lamb into his home and he'll feed it with a bottle and he'll keep it warm by the fire. And just as Isaiah describes, at some point during the day, that shepherd will hold the lamb close to his heart. And when the lamb's strong enough to go back to the sheep, he'll be put back with the flock. But in the morning, in Scotland anyway, when the shepherd stands at the edge of the field and calls, sheep, 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 the very first ones to run to him are the bummer lambs because they know his voice. And I think it's the same with our shepherd. I definitely know that I will be a bummer lamb till I see Jesus face to face. Does he love his bummer lambs more than everybody else? No, but we've just discovered his grace at a point when we felt so broken. And I guess that's a gift that I would love you to receive today. The gift of grace. You can't earn it, but the shepherd stoops down with it in his hand. Another thing that I saw through my mom's life and it doesn't sound like a gift, but I think it perhaps is one of the most profound of all, the gift of tough times. They teach us that with Christ, we can make it through. These are the pearls that my mom wore on her wedding day. I have a beautiful picture of her standing at the bottom of the stairs in our little church with my dad, with her arm through my dad's arm and these pearls on. And there's something profound about pearls. A pearl, you probably know, is formed when an oyster gets a grain of sand trapped in the soft flesh inside its shell. This piece of sand irritates the oyster and it responds by coating the grain with layer upon layer of saliva and calcium. It can take three years for a perfect pearl to form. So when you think about it, really, a pearl is the product of suffering and it's a hidden work. You don't see it until it's been completely formed. A pearl is simply a victory over tribulation. Life, <laughs> I don't need to tell you this, but life is full of irritations and we can either see them as punishing us or polishing us. I saw that in my mom's life. She was only 33 when dad died and I watched the struggles. I watched her struggling to make ends meet financially. But here's the thing I also saw through her life. Every time a grain of sand, a grain of irritation came into her life, she covered it layer over layer with faith and prayer until it became a pearl.
I remember one day mom saying to my sister and I, now your brother needs new long pants for school, but we don't have the money. So we're just gonna ask God. And we sat down to pray. And I remember as a child thinking, does God keep long pants in heaven? But we prayed and not very long after that, one of my mom's friends showed up at the doorstep. And when she left, she left behind a parcel and inside were three pairs of long pants, exactly my brother's size. I remember saying to my mom, did you tell her you needed them? You know, I've always been a woman of faith. And she said, no, no, Sheila, don't you remember? We told Jesus. You know, Billy Graham's grandson, Will, and his wife, Kendra, have a daughter who was diagnosed with dyslexia. And Kendra, she's a great writer, in a blog, she shares a story about trying to help her daughter one night with her homework. She writes, as a family, they've been talking about how pearls are formed. They'd watched a movie about undersea life, and afterwards, they'd talked about oysters and the process it takes for pearls to be formed. Well, she didn't pay too much attention to that discussion, but God was preparing them to think differently about the personal challenges and struggles that every single one of us has to deal with. Well, one night, she watched her daughter taking a long, long time to finish her homework. And she writes this, when I see her struggling through something that should take 10 minutes, but takes her an hour, it breaks my heart. And one day, as we worked and worked and worked on a school assignment, I decided to just do it for her. She'd already done most of it. And I said, let me finish it for you. And this is what she said. She yelled back, no, don't mom, I'm making pearls in here. Isn't that a beautiful illustration? That when we face hard things, we can either see them as things are just irritating, or we can coat them in prayer and faith and watch God make a pearl. I read a story about a little girl, her name was Jenny, and she'd saved up all her allowance till she had $2, and she bought this strand of plastic pearls, and she loved them, and she wore them every single day. And one night, her dad said to her, um, Jenny, do you love me? And she said, of course I love you, Dad. And he said, would you give me your pearls? She was like, no, Dad, I'll give you my doll, I'll give you my pony I have, my toy pony, I'll give you anything, but please, not the pearls. Well, a couple of weeks later, um, Jenny's dad said, after he'd read her a story, um, Jenny, would you give me your pearls? And she said, oh no, dad, not that. You can have Francis, you can have my princess doll, you can have any of that stuff, but not that. And the dad said, that's okay, honey, good night. Well, about a week later, after story time, Jenny's dad um, said to her, any chance I could have those pearls? She said, Dad, you can ask me for anything I have. Just don't ask me for that. One, one night, a week later, her dad came in to read her a story. And she was sitting in bed, very quiet, holding something in her hand. And as he came close, he noticed that her chin was trembling and one little tear rolled down her cheek. And he said, what is it, Jenny? What's the matter? She didn't say anything, but she lifted her hand up to let her dad see. When she opened it, there was a little pearl necklace. Dad. I love you, it's for you. With all tears in his own eyes, Jenny's dad reached out one hand to take the little dime store necklace, and with the other, he reached into his pocket and pulled out a blue velvet case with a strand of genuine pearls and gave them to Jenny. He'd had them all the time. He was just waiting for her to give up the dime store stuff so he could give her genuine treasure. You know, God is making something beautiful with your life.
even when it doesn't feel like it. And sometimes we just have to let go of the junk we're clinging onto that really have no value. And I don't know what tough times you're walking through right now, but would you invite Christ into the process? Would you allow Christ to polish you until you shine? You know, when John talks about um, when we're finally home in heaven in Revelation 21, one of the things that we'll see is that there are 12 gates. And do you know that each gate is made with a single pearl? As if to say, God is not unfamiliar with suffering. Well, the third gift that my mom left was helping me understand the gift of saying yes. When my sister and I were going through all my mom's things after she passed and Frances asked me, you know, what do you want? And she said, now really, you're supposed to have mom's engagement ring, but we can't quite find it. And I said, you know, Frances, here's what I want. I want this little picture. That's all it says. Yes, Lord. My mom's had it since she was a little girl. And every single night when I would say goodnight to my mom or when I'd come in in the morning, I would see this little picture over her bed. And I used to tease my mom. I used to say, you don't know what you're saying yes to. And my mom would smile and say, no, but I know who I'm saying yes to. I love that. I love that. I don't know where you are in your life right now. and I don't know what struggles you are going through, but I want you to remember that there is grace available. You don't have to earn it. As my mom wrote in her Bible when she was 12, it's love stooping. And maybe you're going through really, really tough times right now. I know that God wants to polish you till you shine. You know, when you face trials, just like the oyster with a little grain of sand, you can find it just pure irritation. Or even in the middle of it, you can pause and say, Lord, I want to coat this irritation with faith and prayer and praise, trusting he's making something really beautiful deep inside you. And I, every single day when I get up now, before I do anything else, that's what I say to the Lord. I say, yes, Lord. Not because I know what I'm saying yes to, but because I know who I am saying yes to. Friends, you can trust him. He is with you. He loves you so much. And I think that love transforms how you see other people too. When you've, when you've experienced that grace, when you know you didn't deserve it, when you find Christ polishing your life and making something beautiful, you want to reach out and do that for somebody else. And I'm about to show you how we can do that in the most amazing, doable, practical way. Would you watch this? Here at Life Outreach, we constantly encounter heartbreaking need around the world. But there are times when we meet someone experiencing a depth of pain which stops us in our tracks. That's exactly what happened when we entered the home of Ing Torn, a mother who couldn't hold back her grief as she showed us the photo of her daughter who was recently taken by contaminated water. <laughs> The heart-wrenching cries of this mother overwhelmed us. Eventually, she explained their tragic situation. Ngay 
giúp lắng nhỏ đàn bạn đây cho chất mặc khai bóng nhỏ bạn đây tế nó qua tập pi ngay cho mặc khai nhóm ta còn phải ổn hà mới là ổn mặc phụ mặc phụ lôi thay con ác chết tiệt bạn cho bạn chừng đôi ta tao môi chẳng hả bóng đặc khởi như con cao thế là con cái nào luôn khẳng ấy mô mấy bật tập bệnh á các bạn về rót máu bạn ngủ tắc ngủ ai nó chết chẳng đôi thà nó chết ngay về bả chẳng nó bơm cha clean water that's all it would take for this community to not only survive but begin to thrive thanks to you we were able to provide exactly that You've turned my mourning into dancing. Those are the only cries we should be hearing in those villages. Cries of joy and delight. Not the cries of a mother who misses her daughter so much and was afraid that she was going to lose her son as well. That she won't because we've been able to put a well in that village. But there are so many villages that we have gone to where they don't have a well yet. And that literally, the, the kind of water that you saw her dipping her bucket into, that's all they have. You know, I've had the privilege of walking with moms and their children down to the only place where they can get water. And when I looked at the water and the bucket, I was horrified. But literally, there's nothing else. And can you imagine the guilt a mom feels? I mean, in some of the situations too, and this is desperately sad, sometimes the dads walk away because they just can't bear it. So many of the women I meet are alone now with their children because the fathers just, they can't take their children's cries, they can't take their wife's cries, they just can't handle it. You and I have the ability to change this. And it doesn't take a lot, literally $48. Do you know that that gives clean water to 10 people for the rest of their lives? Think how easily we spend $48. I mean, we just, we look up something on the internet and we can see, oh good, we've got Prime, we can get that by tomorrow night. <laughs> if instead of doing that, ordering one more thing that we could definitely do without, and I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you, what a difference it would make. Some of you could do a little bit more. Do you know $144 would give 30 people water for life? And if you've been financially blessed by God, or if you just feel like, you know what, this is a sacrifice I want to make, $4,800 puts one of those wells in a village. And do you know that that will give water for a thousand people for the rest of their lives? I mean, maybe you've got a birthday coming up or an anniversary. Instead of getting gifts that we probably don't really need, what a gift it would be to invest that into the lives of someone else. We want to put 400 new wells in 15 nations this year, and we can do it, but we can't do it without you. If you and I do something now, we can change the world for so many people. Would you go to your phone right now and dial the number on your screen? Or you can go online, but give the best gift you possibly can and give life 
to people who are literally on their knees right now saying, Lord, please, would you touch the heart of somebody? Will somebody help us? Would you do it? Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a new beginning for thousands of children and their families. A bright future with better health. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the miracles of Christ, what living beyond impossible looks like. Filled with scriptures, prayers, and stories of Jesus' miraculous power, James Robison adds insight about how to walk in faith and live beyond the impossible. With your gift of $100 or more, request the morning and evening coffee mug set. Each mug features beautiful artwork and scripture from Psalm 92.2, a wonderful reminder of God's faithfulness each day. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the beautiful Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online. The water behind me has already taken the lives of two children that we know of. I know because I just left their parents and their younger remaining sister in their graveyard. It's not right that children should die, and it's not right that they should die with a waterborne disease that we can so easily stop. Let's give them fresh water. Let's give them water that will not kill them. Let's give them water that will bring them life. Let's give these children a hope and a future by giving them clean drinking water. Go to the phone, go online, do it right now, make the best gift you can. Help us bring this village and so many other villages like it a source of fresh, clean water. Let's give them water for life. Let's give them a hope and a future. We can do it with your help. Thank you, thank you so, so much. The lines are busy, please keep calling. And for any gift at all, we'd love to send you this great book. It's called The Miracles of Christ. What Living Beyond the Impossible Looks Like. If your life feels impossible, this book will help you. So for any gift of $100 or more, we're gonna send you these great mugs which talk about morning and evening. It's good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning. It's good to proclaim your faithfulness in the evening. What a great way to start and end your day. And we'll be happy to send those. I know you don't give because you get these gifts. But on behalf of James and Betty, we just, we want to bless you as you bless other people. So thank you for being with us on Wednesdays in the Word. I'm Sheila Walsh. I'll see you next time.
Do you find it getting harder to be a Christian in today's culture? It has changed in this country. We're not Kansas anymore. The Way to Brave, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.